0: We're back again with another episode of Lead with Data with myself Rena Gami My guest today on the show is a lovely lady called Janice Remedios. I met Janice through some networks um, and have really, really enjoyed my interactions with her um, and uh, invited her on the show because she's um, got an interesting career background. She started off in technology risk, working for one of the big four firms um, and then moved into uh, Telstra, spent a number of years there with a more recent stint uh, working for a construction and engineering business. Janice currently is um, the director of a boutique consulting firm that she set up where they like to work with small to medium sized organisations in helping them to to set up, drive and deliver their data strategies. The topic that we're talking about today is going to be focused on building a modern data capability for a traditional engineering construction business. This can be applied to um, any sort of business and she's going to talk about, um, you know, what other things to consider when going through a period of change when there's no real structure in place where do you start what do you start with what are the challenges Um, and I guess what are the key learnings and, and things that you could do differently welcome back to another episode of lead with data I'm really excited today Um, we're going to touch on um, a topic which I think is quite relevant to a number of organizations and it's around how to sort of build um, data capability particularly if you don't have much in place Um, and that's what my guest today is going to be sharing with us. Um, So Janice um, who's joining us today is an analytics leader Um, she's uh, developed her uh, career over 20 years and she started off um, in a slightly different sort of area, which I'll get her to sort of cover off. And, um, and then more recently, I think over the last sort of 10-ish years, has spent her time working within the BI and analytics um, sort of space. Um, and currently, um, she basically set up a boutique consulting business, whereby they go into organisations to help them sort of transform and grow their business through the use of using sort of data driven insights and building that capability. Um, So I'll hand over to Janice um, and get her to do a quick intro um, and give us a little bit of a background, because interestingly, enough, um, she started her career in risk, Um, so I'm sort of intrigued as to how she went from risk and internal audit into business intelligence and data analytics.
1: Hi, Rena. Thanks for the intro and thanks for having me on your podcast. Thanks, Janice. Um, look, I, I think it's an interesting question too. So I, I actually did my undergraduate degree in a in an IT field, business systems. And you know, I, I guess 20 years ago I didn't really know what career path I would take or what that would lead me into. And my my first role, I did um, I guess a cooperative year, they called it like an internship or work experience year with Arthur Anderson. And so, yeah, my first, you know, real professional experience was in IT, um, IT audit and risk. And it, it wasn't what I, you know, had expected to do after the degree I had done. But it was such, um, I guess, such a great grounding and such a great starting point for my career. Um, certainly, you know, there is skills, assurance skills that I still use uh, till today and, and such a good grounding in consultancy, I think. Whatever your field, whatever field you're in, but particularly data, I think you know, being able to go and talk to your clients or talk to your stakeholders, understand those needs and translate those needs is is such a valuable skill. But for me, look, I always knew that I, I didn't want to be in an audit, but you know, an audit role long term, yeah. and I. I'd moved uh, after about two and a half years in consultancy, I moved to Telstra um, into their internal audit team. And at the time we were forming a new audit team really to deal with Sarbanes-Oxley compliance. And, um, you know, and I think from there, I started to look into the wider business to, you know, to think about what's, you know, what's that next step. And I thought, you know, perhaps, I, you know, something more IT related, something more um, related to my degree would be good. And I, I came across this area. Or this business unit um, that was doing something called revenue assurance and you know that really really got me quite excited at the time because it was you know it was kind of the perfect transition from um being in an audit role and then going into you know something that was a bit more data driven you know i think with internal audit you're really looking at you know controls and then doing sample testing you know like that to say are these controls working or not with revenue assurance we looked at the data, so we were really, you know, I, I like to say we were doing big data before big data was really even a thing. Yeah. We were, we look at the data, analyze large data sets, and then, you know, by looking at that data, see if there were any discrepancies from, you know, agreed contractual terms, and, and look at ways to really, I guess, improve the um, the revenue bottom line and. Um, so we were, you know, interested in finding if we were undercharging, but also just as interested in finding if we were overcharging customers because obviously there were, you know, regulatory impacts to, to yeah. charging our customers completely inaccurately. And, um, and from there, I actually had a, a short um, career break to have a, a child and be a yeah. mum, and um, started with Serverstream. You know, about must have been about eight years ago now, 2013. Yeah. And for me, that was, you know, the first point in my career that I felt like I was truly in a, you know, BI reporting or analytics role and really using my skills um, from university and um Yeah, so then, you know, went on to help them build up their data practice and and data capability. And as you mentioned, the last few months, I've gone out on my own to to freelance and and do some consultancy with different organisations who are also trying to, I guess, you know, set up their data strategies and and practices and, and hopefully share my skills and advice with them.
0: Excellent, excellent. Um, Now, Service Stream, so maybe um, tell us a little bit about the business itself. And then I guess um, you mentioned that that was your first sort of proper role um, in the business intelligence space. So um, maybe give us a bit of a background in terms of, uh, you know, a bit about the business, but also what was sort of there, because when you go back eight years ago, um, you know, business intelligence was probably called something else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, give us a bit of a background of what was what was there and um yeah, what what sort of involvement you had? Yeah, I guess so for those
1: of you who don't know, um Service Strength's so a network engineering and construction firm, they support Know a lot of the essential networks um across australia i was in the telco side of the business um so it was split along two lines telco and utilities um and so obviously a big part for the telco side of the business was the rollout of the nbn um, but there were obviously other kind of projects and clients that we we had too look when i joined um It was a a time, I guess, of of change, of great change for the business. The share price was extremely low. They hired a brand new finance team in the telco department and I was working for quite an exceptional finance leader who I have to say she had an amazing vision of of what she wanted to do for the business. And I think, you know, when she first brought me on board, she was hoping that I'd look at the controls and and actually improve the controls of the business and help her out with some, you know, some um, you know reporting that was really I guess of great concern to them at the moment at that point in time which you know we wanted to improve cash flow and so I was helping them with some reporting just in Excel and um, but you know I, I think what was really apparent to us was that well there was very very little in place in terms of real reporting it was in Excel yeah, exactly. it was in access databases um, but we had a team and um, there was a reporting team a small reporting team up in our Brisbane office um, I had a BI manager there who who ended up working for me and, and she'd already worked with one of our largest project management, um, you know, system vendors to to build an extract of, of all of the data we needed, she would built a full ETL of this data and she had a feeding an SQL database that actually just sat on a machine under a desk um, up in the Brisbane office and IT department at the same time, they had SQL servers, they had a very old version of Microsoft SSRS, and it just wasn't being used, um, you know, to the extent it could be. And, and I think there was a lot of, you know, distrust in the business and reports that had been built because they just didn't feel that they were accurate or gave them the right results. So I think, you know, between, um, you know, the head of finance and myself and and the and BI manager up in um in Brisbane, we embarked on a project to really just transform the way we, we approach reporting and analytics of the company. And um, you know, I, I guess a large part of that was obviously, you know, building the reports. You know, so we had a very kind of clear outline where year one, we focused on all of our revenue reporting, year two, it was all about costs. By year three, we'd, you know, taken on all aspects of operational reporting for the business. But you know, it wasn't just building reports, you know, we looked at yeah. how do we re- build like a really nice and strong control framework around our data how do we make sure that data you know those data feeds are uh, monitor that we've got the right alerts in place that you know that the data is um, complete and accurate it's being stored securely and so there was you know there was a big program around that and we also started to really engage with our business and you know so I guess it maybe wasn't apparent at the time but but looking back, we really started to build that data literacy in, in our business and make sure they um they understood you know, um the implications of you know that we need to clean data in our systems. We needed yeah. to make sure that we were capturing the right data to be able to to develop those reports. The other is so we worked really closely with the business too to kind of refine and enhance our systems, to refine and enhance our processes, and and I think that's what gave us those those really. You know good outcomes over time and then you know i'd say by about year four we you know we looked at what we built we were really pleased with with what we built we would really you know had a business that were engaged but one of the things our systems didn't really give us was that that speed to market and that was really one of the big selling points of the business was that we could you know sign up these contracts and and we could deliver we could deliver quickly and, um, you know, if we were going to deliver on contracts and um, quickly, we also had to deliver on our reporting quickly. And, yes. we, you know, we made the decision. We, we now need to look into, you know, better ways of, of doing things. And so we started looking into, I guess, you know, cloud-based solutions where we could scale up more quickly. Um, we started looking to data visualisation tools and we ended up doing a proof of concept um along with our IT department and some people in the business and, you know, tried out going with an AWS cloud-based solution for our data lake, going with Microsoft BI for data visualisation and pretty much, you know, presented that to, to senior execs and, and they loved it and um, pretty much said, we, we love this, go live from Monday. So um, our transition or at least the approval to transition from, you know, Microsoft SSRS, you know, into... Yeah. Um, into the cloud and into data visualisation tools was quite quick. And, um, yeah, I think our, our business really from there really embraced it and, and you know, it, it just took off. And it really did completely transform the way we worked. It really, you know, completely transformed our speed to turn around reports and, um, and our engagement with people. I think people started to engage with, with, their, with data and with reports very differently, which was yeah. great to see.
0: How how did you go? Because um, I know one of the the biggest challenges that uh, individuals have when they're trying to build or roll out a data framework or strategy is the pushback um, because of the lack of understanding. I guess in terms of what is this new tool going to provide? So why would you mm-hmm. fix something that's to them not broken? Um, how did you? I mean, you mentioned that the the you know the the transition from going from you know your SSRS you know sort of processes, SQL-based processes to going to the cloud was pretty easy. What do you think made that easy? Oh, look, maybe I shouldn't say
1: it was easy. It was still a, a challenge. We still, It still took a couple of years to convince both our business and our IT department that you know, doing reporting from a source system wasn't enough. You know, we we did have a lot of pushback from IT as well, saying these source systems have inbuilt reporting capabilities. Why don't you just use those? And so we really had to sell the message that having a single source of truth for our data was a lot more powerful than reporting individually out of, you know, systems where performance might be an issue. You can't join data between systems. We couldn't do the sorts of queries. You know, I think if a system has certain you know a certain GUI where you can you know drag and drop and build a report it doesn't give you the flexibility that um you know what we were proposing would you know would give us so it, it wasn't an easy sell it did take us a few years but I think once we demonstrated it um that was when people suddenly went we understand that you know we really see the benefit and I think you know we were told especially you know given the the nature of the work and given it was a construction industry we were told you know there are people in the field they they won't like this one of the first reports we built actually was like it was a performance um scorecard that you know measured performance and scored people down to like individuals you know individual technicians out in the field and that score would roll up to their their supervisor level and would roll up to state level and it would roll up to a national level and um you know I think one of the things um you know the management thought was they won't like this, they won't want to engage with technology and and I actually went out um, along with um, my BI um, manager from from Brisbane to two sites to visit people um, at their sites and actually you know train our field supervisors in in using uh, this performance uh, scorecard that we've built in Power BI and I have to say you know they were phenomenal. They really engaged with it. Yeah. They all came out with with the reports on their iPads, you know, ready to learn. We explained to them the process of, you know, getting the data, you know, into Power BI, how we got there, what it meant, what we'd done with the data, how to use and how to interact with the reports. And um, yeah, they were phenomenal. And, uh, you know, following training, they would call me up and say, oh, Jazz, I get this other report in Excel. Can you put it in Power BI too, please? And so we had great engagement from, from early on. And I, I think that was really the biggest, you know, um, selling point for us all. You yeah. know, how we were, we we achieved the success we achieved really was, you yeah, know, like getting people engaged and excited excited about using using the reports from the start.
0: yeah yeah and I think that's um, I think that's certainly something that's very consistent with with most data leaders that I speak to is about um, getting people involved doesn't matter where you sit in the business it's about getting everybody right from the ground up to your c-suites to understand what you're trying to do and the impact it has on them from their day jobs to what it means for them in terms of, you know, how it changes what they do um, and the benefits. Um, yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think we've had the most, um, you know, the most success when we've been working with people in the business who understand that, you know, who who know their data, who know their business inside out and who really challenge us. You know, I think yeah. my team loved it when we'd, we'd get a really tricky request or challenge from the business because, You know, it it gave us the chance to to really build something, you know, interesting and useful um for them. So yes. It always led to the best outcomes.
0: Yeah. And throughout the um that journey, um, Janice, who would you say were the key sort of individuals or um not specifically people, but the key types of skill sets um that helped you to drive that? Um, because there would have been some input from certain types of individuals to help you sort of successfully execute what you were trying to do. Yeah. So,
1: you know, I, I guess in terms of um, my, my data team, we had a couple of really fantastic um, data engineers couldn't have achieved what we achieved without them. Um, but really, I think my, you know, my team of, you know, BI developers, are, yeah. we couldn't have done this. They they had, you know, the I guess the BA skills to go out and meet with our business and really understand. And, you know, we always made it a, a point to understand the business and to understand the source systems and to understand the data in there. Um, they worked so closely with the data engineers to really model that data to make sure, you know, the way that we brought the data into the data lake or how we queried that data and how we pulled it into Power BI that that would be. Be, you know efficient it would be structured in a way that would meet the business needs and everything you know was was tailored to meet you know the final business needs um we were trying to meet and you know I think without the team and the team were phenomenal and I think you know I, I think what was great about my team was that you know they they shared my passion they shared my vision so we we all you know were a bit you know massive advocates for data and <laughs> massive data geeks but we we enjoyed what we were doing we loved you know I guess the challenge of it and yeah so I think really those those BI skills were so um was so important and data and engineering skills and um yeah, I think there was always somewhere we wanted to take that um, yes. in the future. And I, I think, you know, if we wanted to get into predictive analytics or, yep. you know, machine learning, we, we possibly didn't have the right mix of skills to move it to that next level. But um, but certainly for what the immediate business needs were, we, yeah, I think the, the data engineering and BI skills were, were what we Quite did. sufficient,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you find um, that you developed sort of cross-functional teams, um, like who were from the business to help you when you were working on particular parts of that project? Um, I know some data teams sort of integrate and have, I suppose, subject matter experts from each sort of function. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, we we supported every
1: aspect of our you know of our business from you know workforce planning to you know, uh, operational reports to all the financial reporting to HR reports. And so we couldn't possibly hold all of that knowledge in, you know, in the data team itself. So we we absolutely relied on subject matter experts from our business. And when we were working on projects, I guess we had, you know, subject matter experts who, who really, you know, loved working with us, who wanted to get their own hands dirty. Yeah. With data too. So, yeah, we we had... We always, yeah, worked very closely with our business to achieve right. the best outcomes.
0: Excellent. Um. And in terms of when you decided um, to choose those particular tools, I guess, you know, AWS, Power BI, what considerations um, did you go through when deciding? Because there's so many tools available.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I, I'd say it's probably one area where we, you know, we probably didn't go out to market enough and look at, you know, what was available? We didn't, you know, we didn't go through a full like tender process no. or a formal process to select them. You know, I think we had some, some people in in the business, some report developers who, you know, who'd been playing around with Power BI. Yeah, so they were really excited. They were like, why don't we give this a shot? I think at the time we we felt it was. It would be easier to integrate than than a tableau um, in our our business, the way things were were structured. But look, we we didn't. And it it was something that I often often thought about, you know, should we have gone out? Was there potentially a better, you know, a better mix of tools that we could have selected? But you know, honestly, looking back, I think given the types of source systems we were dealing with, what our business wanted to achieve, I think it was the best mix of of tools for what the business needed at that point in time. And I think one of the great things about you know most of the BI tools on the market today is that they all so seamlessly integrate, you know, with one another. So if, you know, you want to bring in a new ETL tool, you can. If you want to, you know, change out your data warehouse or have something else sitting on top of that, you know, you can do that. You you don't have to be limited to one data visualisation tool. You know, maybe that meets 90% of your needs, but maybe there's another tool you want to use. and, And so I don't think there's necessarily right or wrong I think you really need to make sure if you, you know if you commit to a certain set of tools that you know that you understand those and you, you get the most out of those for, you, for your business
0: yeah excellent um and I suppose if we touch on uh, we'll talk about some of the successes as well and, and some examples of some of the successes but t- 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 talk to us about some of the challenges um I suppose that you faced and, and how you sort of overca- overcame them Oh, look, challenges. I think
1: one of the biggest challenges always for me, and, and I'm not sure I did overcome it, and yeah. you know, hopefully you have some guests on future podcasts that can explain yeah. how they've dealt with it. But for me, one of the biggest challenges was really, you know, selling, you know, analytics in, in financial terms, you know, or selling the, the benefits in, in in dollar terms. I, I think I, I really, you know, struggled to to put a, a dollar value or a dollar return. Yeah. And that's, you know, something our senior leaders um, at Service Stream really wanted to see was, yeah. what is the financial return I will get yes. for investing in the people and the tools and the technologies? And, you know, I think we knew there was a benefit, but how to articulate that? That was... That was a big challenge, and especially when you wanted to put up proposals to do, you know, additional things like predictive analytics. Um, yeah, yeah. it was it was a hard sell. Um, look, another challenge I talked about our field staff being yeah. you know, phenomenal and embracing reports. Not not everyone did, you know. I think we always had business users who had their Excel reports and who were very, I, I guess, you know, they just wanted the reports the way they yeah. used to. So taking them on that journey and going there is a better way, you know, to see this data. I think often when we built reports, you know, I'd want to make sure people didn't export the data from that report and then take that into Excel and, and do their own pivot tables or visualisations. Because I'm like, if, if they're doing that, then we failed in our role to actually provide them something that, that gives them what they need. Yeah. Um, so that was always a challenge. And, you know, I I guess maybe the third challenge, um, you know, being a female in a very male dominated <laughs> industry yeah. was, was always... <laughs> challenging too but um, yeah but look they were they were a great great bunch of people I was working
0: with so um yeah yeah yeah. excellent um and look you know obviously going through this process can sometimes feel quite thankless especially when you're getting potentially some pushback or not not being able to provide tangible like you said results or show people something physical immediately that's going to have an impact um what Share share a couple of moments or um, times where, you know, you felt like you were doing an amazing job and you could see all the hard work that you were putting in was making a huge impact. A a couple of examples of those real moments of, you know, pride and, you know, where you you felt great about what you were doing.
1: Yeah, well, I think I spoke earlier about how, you know, the capability that I built was really um, focused on one side of our business, being the telco side. And, so I was given many opportunities over you know probably last two or three years to present to our wider business um, you know, managing other aspects of the business where they didn't have access to you know to the skills or the capabilities that I had within my team where they may still have been doing you know the reporting in excel or in some cases on, on pen and paper as, as one uh, one group said to me so I think having the chance and the opportunity to present to them about what we've was always you know a lot of fun and something I, I enjoyed doing uh, immensely and you know, quite often I was asked to present on, you know, on bids, or if we're out there trying to win, you know, additional work um, or clients. You know, it was it was great to be able to showcase uh, our work, and you know, I think. Um, It's something we probably didn't do internally enough and I think it's such a a good thing to do is to to showcase the reports and and the capability that you're building and and to give your team a chance to showcase their work. Another thing we did actually was, you know, to really build the profile Off my team, and to give my team the chance to to present on on topics they were you know very passionate about, and and to engage with our business, I I ran a couple of years of um, an internal initiative we called Code Academy. So we actually found people from within our wider business who, you know, who had an aptitude um, for for, you know for analytics, or who had an interest um, to build their own reports. or a day job, you know, where those skills would have been valuable and we, we ran um, and I think it was about a seven or an eight week program. That they called co-academy and we i had different people in my team presenting on different topics you know ranging from you know the basics of power bi and dax to um you know relational databases and sql to you know user experience and, and design thinking and had really great engagement from people you know throughout the business and you know always people putting their hand up going oh i'd, I'd love to be on the, the next one the next yeah. year on that and i think the intent was always they'd be able to take those skills back and and hopefully use them, you know, use them in their day job as well. And um, being such a small team, you know, and as, you know, the demand for data and reporting grew, I think having, I guess, those super users out, out in our business, being able to, you know, to build as well was was really, I guess, beneficial to us to to keep up, you know, I guess, the level of delivery that our, our business expected.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, I think it really ties back to data literacy because it's all well and good having the tools it's well and good producing these reports but if the individuals are not able to present that and interpret that and explain that then there's such a huge opportunity and a huge cost miss there and and i talked about that this morning in one of my posts that having the right people is one part of um you know having a strong team But the second part of that is, you know, um, having that data literacy capability. Um, And I think you touched on it there, Janice, where you said it's um, about providing that training and giving them the skills um, or showing them how to do things that are going to impact their day jobs, because there's all these textbook ways of learning. There's all these LinkedIn learnings or there's all these um, online courses that you can do on Coursera and stuff like that. But they don't really teach you how to um, use that from a data literacy point of view you can only really do that what from a practical environment um, yeah. and so and I think, think there's nothing worse than when you
1: build a report and you find out no one's looking at it or no one's yeah. opening it or or someone looks at it and they think the numbers are wrong so they never touch it again and right. you, know, you really you know, need to need to engage with your business and watch sure they understand it and if you've got something wrong you want them to tell you so you can fix Correct. it immediately and yeah and keep yeah engagement for yeah. those those you know lines of communication open with your business
0: yeah no definitely definitely um and then I suppose um sort of key learnings and, and probably tying back into maybe things not to do so you know what would be some of the things you wouldn't do or what not to do when building a data capability from your learnings of this experience?
1: Oh look, a, a recent um, contract I did. Um, you know, I, I worked with with a, a department where they they had some of the best you know best tools on the market. Um, really um, amazing. Data team, but I, I think what they were were lacking was really a very um, clear strategy of, of you know where they wanted to get to and how, but also what their business needed. I, yeah. I think they you know there was a bit of a gap. So they you know they had a team of I guess data scientists and and data engineers, but you know but what their business really needed was just some very basic BI reports. Yeah. And so they ended up with a, a team that didn't have those. You know kind of visualization skills, and so it, it didn't matter that they had the best tools or the, or the best people, they there was this disconnect, you know, between them, um, you know, where the team was and, and where, where the team needed to be. And you know, I think it's great to have a vision for the future yeah, sure. and to move into you know, um, predictive analytics or machine learning, but you know, sometimes you need to start, start small and start somewhere and, and build up to that. And so, yeah, I think yeah. you, you sort of need all, all elements really to set you up for success
0: yeah yeah absolutely and I think that again um and I know I've mentioned it before but that's probably a really good example of the lack of data literacy where you've got the real core people that are extremely skilled in developing those analytics or that can look at them but then if you don't have anyone to execute and share them from a visualization point of view or help the business understand what they mean they they really don't they they really don't mean anything do they can't get from that point to that point Um, there's a huge gap there um and I think like you said it comes down to having a really strong sort of strategy um or you know goals in terms of what you're trying to achieve um And and getting the right sorts of people in um, as well. Um, And in terms of, um, I guess, yourself, and and this is probably going back to obviously coming from a risk and assurance background, how did you upskill yourself from the analytical internal audit skills that you had to the I suppose the bi skills you know your your sequels and your you know all the kind of reporting sort of the programming I know there's probably not a huge amount of coding and scripting that you'd had to do but you would have had to get your head around yeah how How, how did you do that well I did uh, I did learn to
1: code (laughs) in about four different languages in my undergrad degree but um yeah really I I think I I have to firstly credit my team with um with at least opening up and, you know, letting me play around with um, with SQL and, and getting my hands dirty. I love to get my hands dirty any chance yeah. I get. And um, I think my team were very patient with me when I started playing around with their Power BI reports and changing colours. And um, yeah. I, I, I did, you know, I guess like the team, we learned a lot um, on the job. But, I, you know, there were so many resources as well available to yeah. some, you know, to to help. Um, build your skills or or build your knowledge. Um, One of the things I I really quite enjoyed was the the Melbourne Business School Analytics Conference. I thought that was a, you know, at least I attended that around the time we were moving to the cloud and it was so reassuring, I think, on on one hand to go there and hear from some of the presenters and, and, you know, you think we're actually on the right track here with our strategy and where we're going but also just you know gives you good exposure to different you know tools and technologies on the market I I think you touched on before there's so many courses online you know you can jump on and and do a you know Python course on Udemy and um, you know there's lots of great courses on offer on on Meetup and you know so I think just you know keep putting yourself out there um, being open to to training and opportunities that are out there is always great. But yeah, I, I think for the most part, just learning on the job, I, I worked with a team who um who love to learn, who who love to keep up, you know up to date with the latest technologies. So we often, you know, helped each other and, and even a recent contract I did actually we set aside um an hour or two every every Friday afternoon just for learning and development and to you know give the team the opportunity to you know share a Python script they built or to you know talk about um a tool we have been using to to make sure we're all on the same page and yeah so a lot of you, you know a lot of I guess learning has been on the job
0: yeah yeah awesome um and from from your perspective um just where do you see the industry going
1: uh, I just um look I think it's such an exciting time to be in in this space there are so many businesses investing heavily in you know in building data teams or building their data capability you know I, I think um you know aside from just reporting or bi you've got companies that are looking into or, or doing you know predictive analytics or machine learning so there's there's no um, you know there's no shortage of exciting work and there's no shortage of applications for 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 data right for analytics and um <coughs> excuse me um i guess also you know there's there's exciting tools on the market so yeah. there are there are so many new tools popping up for and there's tools like Fivetran that you can use for ETL, which I'm really keen to get my hands on. Um, yeah. I was looking at um, Google Looker recently for, for data visualisation yeah. or self-service visualisation. So a lot of exciting tools that, you know, I hope to, to have the opportunity to work with more closely as well. So I think it's just a, a really exciting time for, um, to be in this field.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I think from conversations we've had, um, Janice, and probably even from today's um, sort of episode, I think one thing that sort of really comes through with you is that even though you went in to, um, say, for example, Service Stream, and you didn't necessarily come from a background where, you know, you had developed and built this strategy, I think you really embraced the skills that you had around you. And made sure that you got the experts to do what they were good at. So where you didn't have that technical understanding, you relied on them and empowered them to share their experience and contribute um, to that, which I think is, um, yeah, which is amazing. You know, I mean, I
1: I couldn't agree with you more. You know, you have to work with the people around you and you never know you're never going to achieve success without working with people and and relying on people's expertise
0: yeah yeah but you know and and that's um you know it 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 is a skill in itself because i think you know uh you know some some leaders um go in and they have a vision of how they want to do things and this is how it's all going to work um but really understanding the strengths and the gaps that you've got in your team and leveraging off those to get the best outcome, I mean, you said yourself, you didn't go out to market to look at different products. You didn't go through a tender process and invite all the vendors in to present. Um, you, you, you know, you you basically um, relied on the expertise that you had in your team, um, and and the ability for them to sort of back up why something was particularly good, um, and and you know took that recommendation. And I think um, as an employee or as an individual working in in a team like that I think they feel more responsible and accountable when they're I suppose you know having a, an, an active contribution in decisions like that rather than just being told that we're going to do this as a business because then you don't get their buy-in
1: yeah no they certainly
0: were a phenomenal team yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah no that's had a lot of fun Brilliant. Um, Another question I always um, sort of do like to ask my guests as well is obviously there's this new generation of individuals coming in, um, you know, uh, graduates who um, do have the opportunity now to work on some, you know, sort of industry based projects at university, but still struggle to get into the workforce. Um, And I know this is probably now um, quite different to when you and I first entered the workforce, you know, years ago. But what advice would you have for some of the new sort of upcoming? um I suppose uh, you know data professionals
1: oh look I mean I I think there's quite a you know a lot of opportunity right now and so hopefully it's not too hard for, for data professionals to be getting you know getting their break um I think you know don't be afraid to to try something even if it's not your ideal role or not something you think you want to do forever you know, there's a learning that comes out of everything. So I think just put yourself out there. Um, you know, I think if you've got ideas, share it. I think that's something I've always loved, um, especially when I've had more junior people in my team who, you know, having people in the team who are willing to stick up and go, actually, I think there's a better way to do things and, you know, share those views, share, share those ideas. You probably have fresh um, ideas coming out of yeah. university and, yeah, just don't be afraid to to try out some different things and, you know I think a career is a, it's a long you know it's a journey right you're not yeah. you're not going to get to exactly what you want to be straight away but you know take it for what it is and you know, I guess learn as much as you can and meet as many people as you can and yeah excellent
0: yeah no thank you thank you and I think that's it I think it's just that confidence isn't it to get out there and just yeah put yourself out there like you said and try different things because I think you're right, particularly in the data field, there's so many different things that you could be doing um, and can fall into. So no, awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. And, and what does the future look like for you, Janice? Like what are you passionate about wanting to do now? I guess um, having worked for some great organizations and being involved in some amazing projects. What what does it what does a sort of, I suppose a short-term future look like for you in terms of what you want to be doing?
1: That's a great question. <laughs>
0: but I think
1: you know I think in the short term I'm quite enjoying um you know having a bit of freedom to uh, really choose pick and choose my projects and, and use my skills towards things I'm passionate about you know I think uh, ideally for me I'd love to be able to use my analytic skills for good I'm not sure exactly what what that looks like um, but you know I'd really I think longer term be passionate about you know building building other data team and another data capability because it's something I've, I've quite enjoyed doing so yeah who knows
0: <laughs> awesome well thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you for sharing um you know your sort of experience I think it's um you know I think it's such a hot sort of topical subject at the moment where organizations are going through this but I think in addition your sort of background um you know and, and your experience is 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 great to share with sort of the listeners because you've gone from sort of a slightly different you know sort of profession and then moved into this and then being been able to really come in and, and bring some different ideas and different ways so thank you so much um for that now are you happy for um I always ask my guests as well are you happy for individuals to reach out to you connect with you if they had any questions or anything like that absolutely yeah absolutely. Brilliant. Excellent. Thanks so much for having me, Raina. Thank you so much, Janice. Great.